Okay, we are live for the Midday Mike and Mario show. Excited to be back. Looking forward to connecting and talking about recent developments since we last connected, Mario. But before we dive in further, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing well. The weather here is very nice, uh, sunny for this time of the year. And uh, yes, a a lot going on in the world of uh, geopolitics, finance, economics. I I try to switch off as much as possible uh, Mm -hmm. about going on in Ukraine, yeah. but I try to keep a, a bird's eye view of all the important things that we, I think we should focus on, which is right. the money, the economy and finances. Right. I agree. I agree. So yeah, definitely me as well. I'm more focused on the macro picture. That's why a lot of visual aids coming from my side these days, trying to get people to really see the broader picture. Now they're never, you know, not focus on the things they want us to keep an eye on, which happened to be the smaller details, but um, couldn't help this past week with a lot of announcements out of uh, the Eastern hemisphere in response to um, the sanctions and how the sanctions have turned into a weapon against the world, but a benefit for those that were looking to get away from the petrodollar system. And so before we dive further, for those that are tuned in, definitely uh, hit the thumbs up, show your support for the channel, and then throw some questions and chats. We'll jump on that eventually. But I want to jump in right away and get your thoughts on this little visual aid right here, Mario. What comes to mind when you see Mr. Putin moving a gold chess piece on a chessboard? <laughs> yeah, well, a couple of things. The first one is that uh, the old saying that he who has he or she who has the gold uh, makes the rules. Yeah. And, and second one is that uh, the Russians are uh, renowned for being very good chess players. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So, and I know uh, President Putin is also a black belt in mm-hmm. judo. Yeah. So, guys, not silly. Uh, I mean, this is the kind of leader that we should have in the West. Not saying they should be you know, elected for life, but they should be uh, intelligent, you know, forceful. But unfortunately, we've got, uh, we've got peon, you know, uh, the the players in the West, they play uh, checkers in the West. They don't right, play right. <laughs> That's what comes to mind for me. Yeah. So, you know, this is like a little rendition from a piece of, you know, our artwork I did for a video I did a week ago or whatever. But, you know, just when I when I saw the gold news and the sanctions and the gold ban sanctions and all this stuff about gold, 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 I'm thinking like, man, like, you know, this is right where I think Russia, Putin and all the other players out east, where they want this narrative to go. Bringing gold to the forefront to where it puts more information, more news on gold and it plays right into as if Putin was moving more chess pieces basically saying, you know, check, you know, your move, what, what's next? And so now we got all the sanctions and stuff coming. But uh, so I just think it's just timely how gold is becoming a prominent story and it's right on time. But uh, let's keep moving along. Uh, let's get into some more information here. So I want to piggyback on something that came out last week. This was a Western narrative saying Russia has $140 billion stockpile of gold, but no one wants to buy it. Oh, I don't think they want to sell it. They want to uh, receive it for their natural resources. But once again, take it with a grain of salt, but gold is getting a lot of attention. Then you fast forward to this week. Uh, we got news about, you know, trying to freeze Russian gold. So clearly the West is very, if they're paying attention to uh, the possibility of gold being used in the next monetary order. So I just, uh, man, it is just nonstop. So it's just, it's, it's, it's intensifying, I must admit. But what are your thoughts on all this, Mario? Well, the first uh, article you showed there uh, showed mm-hmm. that, uh, West and Yahoo News, whoever, 
mainstream media in the West, they don't understand gold. And then you go to the the other article yeah. here, they say no one wants it. So if no one wants it and it doesn't matter, why is the U.S. so adamant to try to uh, stop people from dealing in gold? Right. Uh, what they're scared of is that gold is the anti-dollar. Mm -hmm. you know, people forget that the Federal Reserve note or what we call a dollar is a promise to pay in gold. Right. And the dollar we use today is just a substitute for gold and silver. Right. But uh, yeah, they're, they're scared, <laughs> very scared about the gold uh, button. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, heard a couple of days ago, uh, the uh, ruble mm -hmm. uh, story about having to pay for gas uh, in ruble, European, unfriendly European countries. I think right. that was huge. I made a video about that yesterday. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think now the West is really scared about the gold, uh, the gold, uh, let's see, bullet, I would right. say. Right. That's good. So here's just, you know, so we're going to definitely get to that. But Russia wants the West to pay for oil and gas and rubles. And so I, I like the, the two words it was used. It said, uh, what did it say? Unfriendly, unfriendly countries or uh, what was it? It was, a, it was a word, two words it was used uh, that stood out because it's like literally they were trying to say they, they were referring to the EU. But then it's like they wanted to really say the U.S. or West or Biden or something like that. Yeah, I think it's Compromise. The unfriendly. Here we go. Unfriendly countries. Unfriendly yeah, countries. Pretty, <laughs> The EU, uh, UK, US, Canada, Australia, yeah. New Zealand, I think Singapore, and Japan. Uh, and that's about it, really. Yeah. And Ukraine, Ukraine as well, of course. Right. So here's a little, uh, that little short little minute video, uh, whenever it pops up, of Putin making that announcement, basically saying, like, you know, it doesn't really make any sense for us to sell our resources, our, our oil, our energy in anything else other than rubles so from starting next week uh, we're going to make some I'm gonna make some adjustments and you know you're going to have to deal with us in our own currency and of course i saw the ruble uh, at that moment uh you know definitely it was very favorable on, on the foreign exchange market for the ruble but yeah. um go ahead you gonna say something no no i, I mean uh the ruble did rebound i'm just trying mm -hmm. to find out where it is right now uh, because I used to get it in my system, but it's not being traded. But it's tra the dollar is about a hundred, but it, it got up as far as almost a hundred and forty. So yeah, yeah the, the ruble has rallied back, and uh, yeah, the other thing I would say about this uh, natural gas thing yeah. uh, to with rubles is that the Russians are still gonna respect the contracts they have uh, mm -hmm. to to be paid in euros or dollars for now. But once they expire, I think it's going to be rubles. And, yeah. and they uh, apply that rule for all the other uh, commodities like wheat and, mm -hmm. and other, you know, things like uh, titanium, all the uh, metals and resources that they have. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure I agree with this, but like Gonzalo Lira, some of you might have heard of him. He's become quite popular now because he's in the Ukraine. Uh, he thinks that this move could make uh, the Russian ruble the major reserve currency for mm. the world. I'm not too sure about that. I think it could be, be one of the major ones. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure it will become the major. And right. he thinks the, the ruble could be backed by uh, commodities other than gold. I'm not sure I agree with that, to have maybe a petrol ruble. But it's all getting really interesting because China is looking to do the same. Right. Right. Very true. And, you know, to just add to that, 
I think the West is also aware of the changing of the guards. And this has to do with what Jerome Powell con- uh, admitted in the fact that it's possible for there to be more than one global reserve currency. And clearly gold is starting to squeak into the headlines. And now it's going to be a matter of, you know, of course, government's going to eventually try to back it or peg it to something to, you know, so they don't have to actually move gold physically as much. But I think Jerome Powell is aware of what's going on. And therefore, the you know, the, the scramble is on now to, to cover up the narrative by saying that you can actually freeze. Like, how can you freeze something that's not on a digital ledger uh, that's uh uh, not publicly visible outside of just actually sending it or sharing it or making a phone call. You know, you don't have to use a computer to actually transact solely in gold. And that's the benefit to having something real intangible you can feel. So uh, I, I do want to touch on something real quick that I read. And so moving forward, uh, this is how they're going to, you know, try to keep Russia from, you know, allowing other nations to transact with them in gold. It says, what kind of impact will this have on Russia and it says here the move should further impact the country's ability to launder money. So they're basically saying that by using gold, they're laundering money, and it will affect and it will affect uh, apply secondary sanctions on people who trade in gold with Russia. So moving well, gold now is considered laundering money. Well, I'll so I'll, I'll give my two cents. Go on ahead. This. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I guess uh, Russia has been clever enough to keep all its gold in, in Russia. They mm-hmm. didn't leave it gold at the New York Fed or the Bank of England. Uh, second, uh, I don't think uh, the U.S. and the West have enough power to control what India, Thailand, mm-hmm. or Pakistan, or China, or Brazil do, mm-hmm. what the, how they decide to deal with Russia if they do it with gold. Uh, they're going to make it even worse. I, I think I said that a week or two ago, maybe with you. Mm-hmm. If they sanction even more countries because they they deal uh, in Ru- uh, with Russia in gold, right. they're going to accelerate the demise of the petrodollar and people. It's going to convince sovereign countries even more that right. the U.S. and the West that have gone you know crazy <laughs> and that they're shooting themselves in the foot. Right. So I, I think it's a desperate act and it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And if they do try to uh, implement it it's gonna backfire just like everything is backfiring right now in the last month after all these sanctions yes russia their economy and their currency have been hit hard Mm -hmm. in the short term but in the long term and i'm not a russophile or anything like that i'm just observing (laughs) i think that uh russia is a very wealthy country has very little debt a relatively well-educated populace and uh, they're going to do really well. Right. Here's a comment here from Shalom Dunn. It says, uh, Russians are not using gold to evade sanctions. They are using stable coins. <laughs> and so don't, no, don't really know. But once again, that that's not to their benefit because stable coins, if it's not issued by them or their own digital version of a coin, it's probably on the you know, if Ethereum or whatever other blockchain is publicly visible and they can see that and monitor and track that and they can use that against them and say that they can see what countries uh, are using that transactions with them. So the other thing that happened about three, four years ago, the Russian Central Bank opened its own. uh, uh, How can I say open an office? I think it was Shanghai or Beijing, one of those two cities, probably Shanghai, because that's the business center. Yeah. So. Russia doesn't have to move the gold to China. 
ship it, you know, if they're going to pay for Chinese goods, uh, right. they can negotiate with the with the Chinese and say, well, we we going to, you know, credit you through our bank, uh, Russian Central Bank in Shanghai with the gold. Yeah. Or uh, we have the Shanghai Gold Exchange as well, mm-hmm. where trade gold uh, for Chinese you won. So I think the U.S. is going to have a really tough time uh, yeah. implementing this. And some commentators have said, oh, it's too cumbersome to deal in gold because they're going to have to ship it. But I, I think the uh, Russians and the Chinese trust each other mm-hmm. so they don't have to ship the gold. Right. Yes, if you're dealing gold with the U.S., uh, you'd, you'd have to be worried because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, not American people, but the U.S. defaulted on its gold uh, liabilities back in yeah. seventy. You know, they still owe many countries uh, billions of dollars uh, of gold at $35 an ounce, technically. Right. right. Very good. And so as you were mentioning about setting up a, you know, a bank or, or, or establishing an account in Shanghai, I just typed in that real quick. And first thing popped up was, you know, because of the sanctions, Russian firms rushed to open Chinese bank accounts as sanctions bites. So I had imagined, of course, sanctions only strengthen their cooperation and all their deals. So. Yeah. That these are these are activities you really can't stop. So if Russian banks, private, you know, commercial, whatever, actually go to another geographical location right beneath them and they start doing business, you know, back and forth, that's you know, that's not on your network. So you're not really, you know, you know, part of that part of that trade there. So but it is what it is. But we're gonna hear more and more about uh what they can and can't do. And so other nations will jump on. So here it looks like you know, the guy in your neck of the woods, UK Johnson says there's evidence, there's evidence out there. I'm not sure how. You know, the, their intelligence came up with this, but Russia is trying to get around sanctions using gold. So, yes, how is uh, Mr. Johnson received over there these days? Same evidence they use for the uh, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. <laughs> you know, that's how good that intelligence is. Yeah. He's just talking out of his, uh, you know, I don't want to say the word. Right. <laughs> Where the sun doesn't shine, he's talking out of that end of his uh, body. <laughs> Yeah, this guy is something else. So he's uh, and you know, and here's just more evidence as to the narrative they're trying to paint. So the article I was referring to earlier talked about 2014 is when the whole Crimea situation jumped off, and they're using that as saying that's when Russia really started to get into the gold mix, which would put us about right here. But as we can see, well before then, they were already heading towards something real and tangible outside yeah. of the petro system, waiting for that ideal moment, which might right be coming real soon or so. But anyways, it's, it's interesting to hear how they try to paint these narratives and try to tell us maybe, the story. Maybe I think they started buying a lot. They accelerated there just uh, around two five and two thousand six, mm-hmm. and maybe accelerated again uh, just after twenty fourteen and what happened in Ukraine. Yeah, uh, uh, it's just given them the incentive to do so. But they're not the only central banks. Uh, one of the central banks who's been buying gold. I, I think you know the Chinese have probably mm-hmm. bought a lot more than they let us know. We've oh. seen India, Turkey, Brazil, and many others. Poland has bought gold. Even yeah. Ireland, I think, bought some gold recently. Yeah. You know, one thing is different about, you know, even just using the words buying some gold. You know, they're ultimately, I think Russia and China, you know, have been heavily in mining gold. Like, we don't know what happens within those borders there. We just know what they report to the World Gold Council, which, of course, is a fraction of what you know their actual holdings might be. So we have no clue. But 
it's just interesting how they try to sell that. But, you know, they're buying gold. They're really redeeming notes, <laughs> their own yeah, central bank right. liabilities. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. So here's another thing worth mentioning, uh, just more uh, distractions from the West. Um, earlier or two weeks ago, the Stop Rushing Russian Gold Act of 2022 was put forth by a Republican out of Texas. And it's real short and sweet, basically saying if you do business with Russia and go, you know, we're coming after you type of thing. And so it just shows how gold is of importance to, you know, make sure you keep out of the limelight and away from the ears and eyes and ears of uh, individuals because, you know, it's going to become up, come that way. And uh, let's keep moving, man. What else we got here? So uh, I want to talk about uh, you can touch on this if you don't mind, Mario. Yeah. Yeah, gold, gold producer Petro Pavlovsk, uh, a bit of a mouthful, but uh, I, I'm interested in this because this company used to be called Peter Hambro Mining, and it's a UK-based company. Their headquarters is in, in Russia, and, and they mine in uh, eastern Siberia, I think. They mm-hmm. mine for gold. And a couple of weeks ago, I, I remember that this company, and I thought, oh, I wonder how it's doing. And I tried to buy some through yeah. my broker. And uh, it wouldn't allow me to buy unless I was closing a short and Mm -hmm. it wouldn't allow you to sell unless you already have a position. So they're not allowing you to buy this company. This company has gone down the tubes, uh, the market cap. And uh, the thing is, it's a UK domestic company, but it operates a lot in Russia. The directors are Russian. Their bank is, I think, uh, Gazprom Bank. Uh-huh. And, and now uh, they're supposed to uh, make a, a coupon payment from for one of their bonds, but yeah. the that they use has been shut out from the West, right. or you know, yeah, from the West. And uh, it's uh, possible that this company could go bust, but they still have the assets in Russia, you know, right. the, the gold mines, and they're, they're a special kind of gold mine. If you go to the to the bottom of the article. Uh-huh. Uh, they have some here. It says Petropavlovsk's most valuable asset is a state-of-the-art pressure oxidation plant, one of just two in Russia. Commissioned late 2018, uh, the so-called Pox Hub allows it to produce gold from refractory ore, which is difficult to process but abundant in Russia. So mm. maybe the West again trying to stop uh, Russia from accumulating gold, and this company could be producing a lot of gold that stays in Russia. Uh, yeah. But the article also said that the Russian central bank might come in and save them and buy their gold yeah. and keep going. And I think they will do that. Mm. And I really wanted to buy the company because yeah. it's dropped from 30 pence or to it's now less than 2p. Yeah, And I think it's a, a good investment. But unfortunately, I think it's going to be delisted from the London uh, Stock Exchange. And I People won't be able to access it in the West. Yeah. Uh, all it means is that Russia is going to control that those assets even more and more gold for them. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, more gold, gold, gold. Gold is the primary uh, focal point in the monetary realm. But let's talk about uh, what's happening uh, with the London Metals Exchange and how, you know, that rigging is seen is looks looks like something is blowing or if they've tripped a couple fuses and now they're they're trying to scramble to cover some things up but here's that tweet you sent me from wall street uh silver 
about LME says second ring session on March 24th and nickel will be deemed a disrupted session. And all agreed trades during this session will be null and void. Well, they did that a couple of weeks ago. They canceled, which is something I worked in the markets for over 20 years. And uh, the only time uh, I canceled a trade for a client, for example, Mm -hmm. is if the client said, oh, uh, I want to buy such thing and I sold by mistake. And then I I would buy it back at try to buy it back at the same price and say, "Okay, we've canceled the trade. But this is this is like people agreeing two counterparties agreeing on buying and selling and then days later or 24 hours later the exchange says oh those trades are no good uh yeah. so uh, i think the lme now is hashtag mickey mouse market that's what it is <laughs> and uh we were talking before uh we started that i think this is uh, and you said that as well that this mm-hmm. is a sip uh, of all the leverage all the paper uh in these uh markets that are supposed yeah to be trading real things and yeah. it's all unraveling right it's unraveling and so just i went to the lme website just to get some updates and of course you got to download some reports but just day after day you know prohibition of order submission uh outside daily uh whatever disruptive disruption event disruption event so it's like uh definitely they're having issues and so as a result of that they're preparing themselves trying to brace for more impact by doubling up their default fund by having those that are counter having them the, the the speculators involved with all this shenanigans, you know, basically add more money to the pool to help cover some of the losses for upcoming April possible defaults yeah. if there are any on margin calls. So, and the way the LME works, it's a it's not a normal futures market where brokers match buyers and sellers and take a little commission, a fixed mm-hmm. commission. The LME has uh, brokers that make markets, so they. They, their clients call, they, they make them, you know, let's say JP, I don't know if JP Morgan is on the LME, but uh, the brokers will take a position actually, instead mm-hmm. of matching trades between their clients. Yeah. And, uh, I think it, it, it wasn't just the Chinese billionaire who lost a lot, but mm-hmm. it was uh, brokers yeah. <laughs> in the LME and, and it was going to bring down the whole exchange because these brokers, they don't trade only in nickel, but in all the other metals. It would have affected, it would have affected all counterparties. Yeah. So I wouldn't uh, trade on the LME anymore, <laughs> and not that I do. Right. And that's the thing. Like, so so many people involved. It, it, those are all the big players. You know, they're operating in the billions. And so I saw something about that one Chinese company. You know, stand, stand they stood to lose eight billion or something like that. And I saw even I think yesterday another. Uh, big player decided to, you know, he's able to cover some of his losses or whatever. So it's like these are they're playing, they're playing with other people's currency, unfortunately. But yeah. yet the big, they're going to be bailed out by banks and governments eventually, pretty soon, if if they want to keep this stuff going, or they'll pull the plug and let it rip, and therefore everything will be released. I heard um, a, yeah. a story a few days ago or yesterday that energy traders now in Europe are asking governments and central banks to <laughs> bail them out. Yeah. I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, the uh, one thing about the LME, what someone should ask uh, Nigel Farage to come a- and give his opinion, because I used to work with a guy who uh, traded for his clients on the LME, and mm-hmm. he his broker on the LME was actually uh, Nigel Farage. So Nigel Farage knows a lot about the LME, mm-hmm. uh, but I haven't heard him say anything because 
he's probably got a, a lot of old friends that were probably uh, their skins were saved, you know, with these cancellations of trade. Yeah. Uh, so just speculation. But I don't yeah. think he's been in that market for, for many decades. All right. Now, speaking of which, you know, just some things we can some some possible scenarios that could play out and things we could learn if if some switches and if some fuses blow and things they lose control. So just looking at this visual aid here or this little graph here showing over the last couple of years, how they're able to, you know, just profit off these small little blips here and there that or whatever. But then something broke and it took it to all time highs. And this is old, of course. But imagine at this current moment, you know, we're in the if you look at the far right, you know, three thousand, four thousand dollar range you know per tonnage then all of a sudden it shoots up you know to where i saw something about uh 34,000 or something 34,000 is last time i saw or 34,000 a ton this is in in uh what is this over in shanghai and 36,000 uh as of today if i'm not mistaken fluctuating a little bit over here and there but could you imagine that in gold prices like if something broke it went from two thousand dollar gold to next thing you know it's it's out there $36,000 ounce type of thing would that be a very uh joyful occasion for a lot of people who've been very patiently waiting <laughs> well uh and silver as well I mean yeah I think silver and gold have been a lot more uh, well if you want to call it manipulated or leveraged hypothecated mm-hmm. than uh the base metal so yeah. it could be even more explosive and yeah. basically, it could mean the end of uh, COMEX, you know, the futures. They, they probably have to stop trading uh, gold and silver contracts. And even the uh, over-the-counter market in London, which mm-hmm. is supposed to be for physical, yeah. <laughs> but it's mainly just unallocated paper paper games like in the LME. Yeah. And then, and then just to show you a little bit of a visual aid, if I can, where, where did it go? Uh, I wanted to make sure I bring this to your attention here. This is something that gives us a, a viewpoint of some large numbers. But this was if this is 2001. And if every or 40 percent a gold price necessary to back 40 percent of M2 back in 2001. And so since then, they've added a couple of trillion to this, I'm sure. But we're seeing about thirty thousand dollars, you know, an ounce needed for 40 percent gold coverage. And that's on a very um, moderate level, <laughs> to say the yeah. least. But well, that, go ahead. That, that's realistic because up until I think 1968, by law, uh, U.S. M2 had to have, you know, 40 percent backing in gold. And yeah. I think it was President Johnson who uh, scrapped that. So <laughs> I know Nixon closed the gold window in 71, but you could argue that it, it was in 1968, really, that the U.S. went off a gold backing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as you can see, it could be it would be at 30,000. And that that number is moving higher and higher because, uh, you know, M2 is continuing to go go higher. Correct. Correct. It's accelerated. Yeah. And, and speaking of which, I actually saw yesterday I, I tried to verify that today, but somebody, you know, tweeted, you know, quick, quick little synopsis, uh, a snippet of saying that the Federal Reserve balance sheet reaches another all time high. Yeah, I know it's still going up, not that much, but it hasn't stopped growing. Right. I, I think it's up like 38 uh, or, I don't know, a few billion in the last week and about 38 billion in the last month. I, I thought they're supposed to stop. Right. So so something there, there is. So something's not uh, yeah, yeah. going according to play. To share, I wanted to share a meme uh, that's quite. <laughs> let's see. 
Where is also, it? for those tuning in, definitely hit the thumbs up, show your support for the channel, and uh, mm-hmm. throw some questions and thoughts out there. We'll get to them pretty soon. You can share it on mm-hmm. your side or let me know, or send it to me. I can share it. Yeah, let me. It's a tweet, actually, but I'll send it to you, see if you can open it. Okay. And then also, I want to, uh, we got a couple more stories I want to definitely hit on, and then we'll take some questions and thoughts. Yeah. Hold on. Private chat. See if you can open that. I thought this was quite good. It gives you a great idea of what the Fed's really doing. All right. Give me one second. Copy, paste this. All right. Here it comes. Let me just put it up here. Do, 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 do. Uh, open this window up here. Here we go. Fed fight. <laughs> yeah, I saw this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Fed fighting inflation, yeah, 25 basis points. And, and speaking of which, let me, so watch this. So I was actually checking that out. Let me, uh, so let me, where was I? I was uh, looking more into that. Let me go here. So this is, so I want, definitely want to talk, touch on the treasury yields. But before we get into that, let's go to the very bottom. And it talks about current Fed, Fed funds rate. And so as of right now, the current Fed funds rate is 0.32. And so, once again, that's not significant whatsoever. So that quarter that was added, I'm, I'm assuming it was it's included in this, doesn't yeah. really begin to address anything whatsoever. That's not really a fight, in my opinion, but I could be wrong. Prior to this, it was uh, zero to a quarter. They have a target. Yeah. And now the target is 25 to 50. So 32 is right kind of in the middle there. Yeah. So. It's still very low. <laughs> I mean, well beneath. It's nowhere. It nowhere needed to be able to really fight inflation if that was the objective. But we know that's not. So since I'm on this page, just touch on you know the concerns is growing because I'm hearing more and more people talk about recessions. The inver yeah. your yield, yield curve is getting tighter, tighter, whatever. Yeah, and uh, today, I mean, again, out of the blue here, uh, yields have jumped up a lot. You know, the two-year note is up 20 basis points. It's at 2.32%. Uh, the 10 years uh, touched 250 today. It's now at 248. That's up 14 basis points. Uh, I, I think when the two-year yield is higher than the 10-year, uh, mm-hmm. then say the yield curve is inverted. Yeah. Uh, but right now as well, you know, if you compare three, five, and seven, uh, year uh, yields to the 10 they're all inverted it's all inverted so yeah it's a it's a, only a matter of time uh until the two year goes above the 10 and yeah. that will signal uh, a recession and why well because uh banks usually borrow a sh- short term like yeah. and let's say they used to be able to borrow for zero from the fed and lend let's say at one and a half percent 10 year and make the difference mm-hmm. uh, but if they have to borrow short term higher than the long term it, they their profitability is going to go down they're going to lend less less money to to the public and the economy will slow down because it's a credit driven uh, economy yeah now so we see that the people watching us you know they can see this so clearly the central controllers are regular they got to see this coming so assumption will be at some point they're going to have to backtrack but will they allow things to continue to unravel and then look for another diversion tactic to say that this is why you know and, yeah, so well, they, and, not, and not and not reverse course the last time the curve your curve was inverted 
was uh, in 2019. And mm-hmm. everyone kept saying, oh, this time it's different. Yeah. And then you had uh, COVID, and that yes. was the excuse. Right. So I'm sure a lot of the people in the mainstream are going to say the same thing. Oh, it's different this time and stuff. Yeah. And something will happen. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, Say, can we say can we say cyber event or you know an actual hot war starts or you know Russia decides to announce gold is the next yada 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 so we'll see but let's get to some questions since we got it uh, get to this one here Chris appreciate you man it says if US does go back to the gold standard what is the best type to go to is anything less than the best uh, a waste of time then thanks uh, is anything less than the best a waste of time the best um whew, I, my first thought is you know having just you know three nine five four nine whatever you can get a hold of gold is gold in this in a, in a monetary changing of order so uh on an international level they go on tonnage so for us just having anything outside of you know burning papers and digits on screens would do you justice but i don't know what do you think mar well i mean um uh... The prices that we have today, the fiat prices are way mm-hmm. out of whack. Of course, you can't go if you go back to a, a twenty dollar gold piece, which is just mm-hmm. under an ounce of gold. Um, but maybe, maybe they will go back to actually constitutional gold, mm-hmm. and maybe there'll be have to be a, a rearranging or a lopping off of zeros. Let's yeah. say gold goes to twenty thousand dollars an ounce. Mm-hmm. And then they take, uh, you know, uh, three zeros off it and they go back to $20, you know, the old uh, pre-1933 coins. Yeah. And, and uh, yes, Chris, I, I think uh, if you're going to have uh, an honest money system, it can't be a bit honest. It has to be. And, uh, that's what the states is. They don't like uh, gold standard or a lot of the bankers because they can't cheat. Um yeah. So yeah, it wouldn't work if we, if we didn't do it properly, and uh, but it would be really painful to do it properly. I think a lot of people who think they have a lot of money would find out that they don't have that much. Right, right. Uh, yeah, the truth will definitely uh, set you free financially and everything else. <laughs> that's the twenty dollar, you know, pre nineteen thirty four or thirty three, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. about. Uh, 0.9675 of an ounce. So I guess if we if they let gold go to 20,000 and they say we're going to lop off, let's say three zeros, we're going to go back, you know, to that kind of. I, I think the measurement was $20.67 was a troy ounce. Yeah. And then a- and Roosevelt changed it to 35 in 1934. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Weight definitely outweighs paper and digits in this uh, next uh, next era. Well, and also, Mark, go ahead, go ahead. The other thing I would add, excuse me, sorry, okay. uh, is that you need to think of gold not in the fiat price, but mm-hmm. in purchasing power. What announce will buy you or a gram? Yeah, yeah. And so, Mario, just on my side, I I, I updated um I updated the changing of the monetary order and. Uh, you see a uh, uh, predominantly debased slash burned fiat note there, about 80, 90 percent through, which more resembles the currently remaining purchasing power of the Federal Reserve yeah. note. So <laughs> I had to update that a little bit. <laughs> That's, good. That's good. 
Oh man. All right, let's keep it going. So let's get to some questions. Um, so feel free to throw out some questions at Rethinking a Dollar. It'll stand out. We'll jump on it. Or Mario, as you scroll through, what do you see? We can yeah. get some thoughts answered. Uh here's uh one that says, guys, if you had a hundred thousand dollars, what would you do with it? <laughs> uh yeah, it depends on you know your where, where you're at in life in general. So if you just actually have found a bag of notes outside a hundred thousand dollars worth you might want to if you keep it whatever you do with it take care of some of your old liabilities and free yourself up so you got some more time to do what you love to do then you know finds a way to you know double that triple that flip that whatever so yeah i agree with with yeah i don't have to i agree um, with him is that go by says what what good is money when there's not okay so that's good where is that what good is money when there's nothing to buy that's ah. true that that's what happens in the high actually in the hyperinflation you've got you got both there's no mm-hmm. currency or the currency is worthless and there's nothing to buy uh, they're talking here in the uk already of shortage uh, shortages of milk mm-hmm. because uh, the farmers are saying that uh, it's getting too expensive to produce the milk you know the the feed for the cows is going up the fertilizers uh, yeah. transporting the milk, uh, you know, petrol and, uh, and fuel prices are going up. So, yeah, yeah in the hyperinflation, um, I've spoken to a, a guy from Lebanon. They've had hyperinflation in the last few years. I've spoken to Starpath Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they said that there's no currency around. And, and, if there, and, and if there is, it's worthless. So producers don't produce anything. It, it's not a good time hyperinflation uh and uh yeah you might have a gold and silver and you might not be able to do much with it Uh, the trick is holding on to it after things settle down because hyperinflation doesn't last forever and you have great opportunities i think right very true and uh, it it doesn't help that uh yesterday the pretender current you know pretender and thief admitted to sanctions actually causing food shortages globally and especially here in the u.s as well as everywhere else pretty soon so this fact it's amazing how people don't you know, connect the fact the sanctions you know don't really hurt russia when they have all the things the world needs and it uh, hurts everyone else who are dependent upon what russia offers the world so it's like eh, but yeah yeah i, I heard someone say that these sanctions are uh the way they're gonna hurt russia is that Wealthy Russians won't be able to buy Louis Vuitton handbags, <laughs> Porsches, and in the West, we won't be able to buy food. Yeah, very true. So here's another thought. Here says uh, from Witcher Works says, uh, according to the U.S. law, no debts can be paid in full with anything other than dollars. So gold is tied to the dollars here by law. Well, but the dollar was supposed to be a weight of gold and silver. Yeah, you see, that's legal tender law, which I, I think is a bad, bad law. Right, and and pretty soon we're going to see some announcements about the uh, them having to re uh, adjust the legal tender laws by adding in digital assets CBDCs into the mix as well. So they're going to expand that further. ISB Inc has a question. I'll uh, try to answer here. What's your ideal monetary system? Gold, silver, how do you store it and make it practical for a day-to-day trade? Well, uh, the ideal monetary system is a free market system. And mm-hmm. we, we had that up until prior to World War I or prior to 1933 in the U.S. Yeah. And people, <laughs> the way you trade, you know, you just it's just like coinage. You know, you take 
your silver coin and you buy something and people are used it or gold. Gold mm -hmm. is more of a, a savings instrument, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I guess if you go out for a, a huge dinner at an expensive restaurant, you might use a $10 gold piece. Yeah. But for day-to-day -day change, it's silver and even copper. So you'll just, and the U.S. Mint, it, it, it's all in the Constitution. The U.S. Mint is supposed to take anyone's gold and silver, be it uh, bullion or jewelry, and they will convert it into coins, you know, yeah. U.S. coins. They'll mint it for you for, they'll take a little percentage off it. It's called senior, seniorage so that they can keep running. And that's how it runs. Yeah. So. Good point. And so the, the I, you know, as you mentioned, just, you know, having a free market, to, you know, allow the market to determine what's best and what the people want to use. So I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, the digital asset space if it was something that I had more confidence in, i.e. I'm more, you know, hard pressed to would utilize uh, privacy coins because those coins are created with the idea of trying to make sure that there's, you know, complete fungibility, lack, you know, complete privacy. So I'll be good with using those if more people started to adopt that. So one thing I'd like to see, I wouldn't mind using digital anything, uh, but mm -hmm. I'd like to see the well, a few things happen. The central bank being abolished, um, mm -hmm. you know, the banks having no power to like give our information away. Yeah. And also to scrap the uh, inland revenue. So you've got that, you know, it would be really free. And people say, well, what about money laundering, you know, criminals? Well, that's the job for the police to catch criminals. Right. And uh, if they have money and they're out, out and about free, that shouldn't really be our job or a bank's job to police them. Uh, you know, do your job, uh, you know, a law enforcement. And, and right. don't, us, don't blame us or try to tell us we're money launderers because you, do, you don't feel like doing your job. Right. And then the, the, the very concept of money laundering has become, you know, pre, pre, it has become prevalent because of the taxation schemes in and of itself. The fact that, you know, only reason that they're late, they labeled as bad actors or whatever is because, you know, the government wants their cut. If we remove all of that stuff that, you know, hinders our freedom and ability to earn and work and save without having to give it back in the form of taxation, which in of itself is a part of the debt based system. Mind you, Federal Reserve Act came first, then the income tax added on top of that. You get rid of those two entities. What's money laundering? You just you get to keep and earn and save what you actually you know produce. So yeah. another question here, uh, uh, Wally Brooks, how do you eliminate the Fed and banks and extend credit? Well, I'm not talking about eliminating the banks. I'm uh, talking about eliminating the central bank. Mm -hmm. And how do you extend credit? Well, how it used to be extended in the past before there was a central bank. Uh, let's say I deposit some gold with a bank mm -hmm. and I, I and I wanted a demand deposit, which means that I can go there anytime and get my gold. But yeah. if I deposit it as a time deposit, they would be uh, able, they would have, let's say, a three-month time deposit at 4%. Uh, they would pay me 4% and they would lend that out to someone else at 6 yeah. That's how credit would be extended. And they'd have to be very careful that the credit that they extended was good credit so they could pay me back in three months. That's how it would work. But uh, you don't need a central bank for that. And I'm not against banks as long as they're honest, mm -hmm. uh, honest banks. Uh, right. you, 
you know, like uh, a deposit is a, a, a demand deposit. The money should be there anytime I go there. It's when the bankers abuse that and they do a fractional reserve with right. your demand deposits. That's the problem. Correct. And so, like, you know, prior to the fractional reserve banking model after the Federal Reserve Act, you know, was put into law, you know, you need the actual capital. You needed, you know, stuff in vaults to be able to use as collateral to be able to extend those things. And there, there was even before the Fed, some banks uh, practice fractional reserve. Yeah. They didn't last uh, too long. <laughs> they in trouble and no one would bail them out. So, right. And I think so, that's better than having a, a central bank bill because. You know, people become more aware of what a bank is and, and, you know, consumers are more careful. Yeah. Here's a question from Mr. Wally Brooks. It says, if the Fed is gone, wouldn't we need wouldn't we need a central bank? No. Why? The U.S. didn't have a central bank from 1837 to 1914 or 1913. Why would you need a central bank? Uh, wow. Would we That's, need a, a central bakery or a central a dairy? We don't. Right. right. That, and that's the responsibility of the U.S. Treasury initially before they abdicated, you know, responsibility to a private entity. So the U.S. Treasury was supposed to be the ones that oversee uncles or our, our government's financial matters. And of course, in collaboration with the United States Mint, which was supposed to be our coinage creator, you take those two entities. Those are government institutions that are still operational now, but now they answer to or. They're, they, they've been hijacked by the Federal private Reserve Bank, Bank itself. Yeah. Exactly. Owned by private banks. <laughs> so this is the other thing. Like our, our U.S. Treasury right now, you know, the person who sits at the top of it happens to be a former chairwoman who also has connections to, go, I think, Goldman Sachs, if I'm not mistaken, or one of the two big to fail banks. So they just, you know, rotate people in and out. Hide, I mean, just, man, they, they clear clowning. Anyway, keep it moving. Uh, what else we got out there? It's a couple more thoughts, questions. Uh, da, 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 let me see. Anything else stick out to you, Mario? Highlight at rethinking a dollar sort of stand out, and I can try to grab it. Question there: Richard Rothschild had a patent on COVID. Uh, you know, uh, I, I've seen that. Uh, I saw that like a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. got nothing to do with the Rothschild family. So it, it this is rubbish. This mm-hmm. Richard Rothschild is a guy who changed his name. Oh, really? So. Not that I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to uh, give you the facts. Oh, man, here's, here's something that's comical from Rob. It says, what is a woman? <laughs> so I'm assuming, did you see this, the, the hearing for the Supreme Court nominee? When she was well, asked what a woman was, she was like, I'm not a biologist. I don't, I don't, I don't like I'm trying to switch off from all this circus. Okay, okay, okay. That's good. <laughs> I heard there's someone... Uh, that is being trying to get confirmed for the Supreme Court. I guess yeah. that's, I, I think that's a symptom of a fall, uh, uh, an empire that's crumbling. Because I uh. think when the, the, uh, the uh, what was that empire? The uh, Eastern Roman Empire or the Byzantium Empire, when yeah. it collapsed in the 1470s or something, when the yeah. Ottomans uh, invaded uh, Constantinople, they had things like that as well. They, they they had arguments about, oh, should this saint be feminine or masculine? So it, it's a system of uh, end of empire, if anything. A moralist, godless society. We're living in, uh, I, you know, I've never been around beyond this, you know, past 40 some years. But, you know, we're living in, in, in dark times and they're getting darker by the moment, intentionally at that. So, um, yeah. But, you know, this is something that concerned me earlier this week that I want to mention um 
when I think at the beginning of this week, just as Clarence Thomas, you know, was pronounced with having the flu, went into the hospital. I'm like, dang, I'm like, I'm like, man, if he if he don't if he don't make it through, that'll be two Supreme Courts in one year under one president at the same time. They're trying to take us off the cliff. I'm like, this is not good. But according to this, he's got discharged. So hopefully he's in good health because the last thing we need is, you know, outright because they wanted to re they wanted to, what's it called? Repack the court or repack, reshape the court or pack the court or whatever. This a new uh, Supreme Court justice they're trying to confirm. She replacing Clarence Thomas, is, is she? No, no. Yeah. So whoever the last gentleman. So somebody just two weeks ago, a month ago, uh, I forgot the other Supreme Court. He stepped down. So okay. she's coming in his place. So whoever that guy was, I forgot his name. But yeah. if, if this seat became a, if this other seat became available, then that'd be two people within yeah. one year. And I don't know the last time that's happened. Maybe they're put, putting something in Clarence Thomas T or or something like that. That's what I'm assuming. But anyway, uh, we have about uh, 48 minutes or so, Mario. Let's get ready to dial back, man, because we can go forever. Uh, but as always, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us, being a blessing to us channel. You know, Manacle 64, definitely. If you guys don't know, go check them out. We do great work daily. And uh, rethinking that, you know, I'm everywhere, so I try to be. But Mario, sign us off, man. Give us some good, some good news for the weekend. <laughs> good news. Uh, I'm playing golf on Sunday. The weather is <laughs> not. Uh, switch off from uh, the circus. Uh, mm -hmm. Focus uh, on your uh, family, on yourself, your friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, also try not to get angry at uh, all the craziness. Yeah. Uh, you know, forgiveness is a good thing as well, I would say. Even, yeah. even again you know for people who you might think not might not deserve it right good point and so i i was actually you know and mario i've been on this you know diving deep down a spiritual not rabbit hole but just trying to get into truth and i was studying early and i came across something i always want to bring to everybody's attention if i can find it real quick uh because it, it just it, it touched my soul right when i when i read it but i'm gonna read it from psalms 19 and it just jumped out on me. And it's, you know, King David's, you know, penmanship here says the law out of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. And the NIV says thousands of pieces of gold and silver. But it just, you know, I talk a lot about, you know, monetary stuff. And yeah. but yet ultimately, you know, King David here, one of the wealthiest of other than the son. But, you know, he had chambers and chambers and chambers and vaults of gold and silver. But he was just emphasizing that the law from your mouth referring to God is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. And I was like, man, that's just, you know, I would love yeah. to get to that point where I could just be so in in in, in love with the word to where uh, everything else is rubbish. I mean, the other day I was playing golf uh, and it was really nice after a long winter playing mm -hmm. with friends. And that's what it's all about. Enjoying life as well. And uh yeah, gold and silver are important, but it's not everything. Uh, right. Yeah, this is what we we cover, but doesn't mean to say it's everything. It it, right. it helps. Right, right. It has its purpose, but it shouldn't be the primary focal point. But uh, anyway, everybody, appreciate you for blessings with your time and presence. Have a great week and be blessed, be safe, and uh, we'll be back at it next week because it's going to be a hot week next week, I'm sure. So, <laughs> see you guys later. Peace. You bye.